Who's happy to be in church this morning? I'm always happy to be in church. Well, I should be always happy to be in church. But obviously, as Pastor Kylie mentioned before, it's Pentecost Sunday. And I love the fact that we believe as a church that it's not really any more special than any other Sunday because we believe the power of God can be with us every week. Had I not had the opportunity to preach a few weeks ago at the PM service, that would have been a great message for Pentecost Sunday. But we got something even better than that today. But with Pentecost, we believe in Acts 2, it talks about the Holy Spirit descended upon the people that came together, and then there was tongues of fire, and people spoke in tongues. And I believe today, in my, I can see people have tongues of fire on their head, not literal flames, but the Holy Spirit flames of God. And I haven't seen it yet, but I believe if it happened then, it can happen today. And so I, I believe that we can see unity in the church like that. That's why our church name is One Heart. But let's give a quick welcome to One Up with us this morning. Great to see you guys. Who's got a Bible? What a novelty to bring a Bible to church. All right, if you've got your Bible, there'll be a slide up coming up. And there's two um, parts of the Bible we're going to focus on in this morning. The first one is Isaiah uh, chapter 32. And the next one is 1 Corinthians 16. So uh, if you get your Bible, f- locate them, write them down as notes. And we're going to look and see how that can relate to us this morning. So as we'll start at Isaiah 32. And we're going to read from verse 1 to verse 8, and we'll see how uh, that can relate to our lives. So it says, look, everyone say look. A righteous king is coming, and honest princes will rule under him. Quickly, I'm just going to digress on a few of these verses as we go through. The righteous king has come, that was Jesus. And so, and then it says here that princes will rule under him, honest princes. And so that's a rep of that they represent us. So the next few verses we're going to read now, that is what we're meant to look like in society. So this is what it says. Each one will be like a shelter from the wind and a refuge from the storm, like streams of water in the desert and a shadow of a great rock in a parched land. So think of Ayers Rock. That can provide a great shadow. We are meant to be that kind of a person in society. Where there's desert, we're meant to bring water. When there's heat and no no covering, we're meant to bring that kind of a, uh, I don't know, when you go into a nice cool house on a hot day with the air conditioner on, we're meant to bring that kind of a, a soothing to people's lives. That's what that's saying. And so we'll keep going. Then everyone who has eyes will be able to see the truth and everyone with, who has ears will be able to hear it. Even the hotheads will be full of sense and understanding. Come on, somebody. Those who stammer will speak out plainly. In that day, ungodly fools will not be heroes. Scoundrels will not be respected. For fools speak foolishness and make evil plans. They practice ungodliness and spread false teachings about the Lord. They deprive the hungry of food and they give no water to the thirsty. The smooth tricks of scoundrels are evil. They plot crooked schemes and they lie to convict the poor, even when the cause of the poor is just. But, everyone say but. Generous people plan to do what is generous and they stand firm in their generosity. Wow, I love that. Are we going to quickly pray? Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. We don't have to welcome you in. You're already here. And we just say, God, we want you to speak to us in a way that we have our answers, our questions answered, that we can leave this place better, that we can leave this place knowing you more and just being able to witness and be a change into our community. And everyone said, Amen. So I'm going to read that last verse again. But the generous people plan to do what is generous, 
and they stand firm in their generosity. And if we're a bit old school, in the King, New King James Version, it says it like this. But a generous man devises generous things, and by generosity he shall stand. And so we could say that gender inclusive, but a generous man or woman devises generous things, and by generosity they stand. Are you generous? Ponder and think about that. Are you generous? Let's get the offering buckets out. <laughs> not really, we're not doing offering yet. But what I, now if we go to um, 1 Corinthians 16, now we'll go next slide here, this should come up, picture. So basically what I'll say is, if you're new to church, we, we, when I talk about 1 Corinthians, you might be thinking of these. No, not quite. So the Corinthians are a group of people, so in Greece there was a city called, might still be a city there, called Corinth. And so the, a bloke called Paul is writing a letter to the Corinthians, and so us who are Australian citizens living in Australia are called Australians. And so obviously the people living in Corinth are Corinthians. And so when we talk about the Bible, 1 Corinthians, we're not talking about the first wafer stick you pull out. We're talking about the first letter written to the Corinthians. And so the second book of Corinth, of like Corinthians, is not the second wafer you pull out. It's about the second letter written from Paul to the Corinthians. So if you're new to church, hopefully that explains a few things to you. So, so obviously, um, so with that, Paul, a famous Bible leader, is writing to this church in Corinth, and uh, he, knowing what um, is prophesied by Isaiah that we just read in Isaiah 32, he's speaking to him about some tips and helps on how to be generous, right? And so if we look at that, as I said, 1 Corinthians 16, if you're there, verses 1 and 2 says this, Now regarding your question about the money being collected for God's people in Jerusalem, You'd follow the same procedure I gave to the church in Galatia, who are the Galatians, which is another Bible uh, letter. One day, on sorry, one day, on the first day of each week, you should each put aside a portion of the money you have earned, and don't wait until I get there, and then try and collect it all at once. And so, obviously, the 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 offering. If we read other parts of the Bible, they're collecting this offering for the poor people in Jerusalem. So it's just like if it's like we, as a church, we sponsor missionaries overseas because we've given our money here to help those that don't need it. Similar situation. These guys in Corinth are going, "All right, we got to we're going to take up an offering to help people in Jerusalem." And so what Paul's saying is here, though, is we got to uh, on the first day of the week, rather than going, "I'm rock up and say, where's your my money?" and we're going. Uh, gone. Got any money on yet? Like now they go. No. Start of each week. Put the money aside. Then when I come, you have it all ready to go. And so, now for the title, right? We're going to quickly change direction. Who's seen one of these before? It's a book, right? Who's been to school? Back in my day, we used books at school. Back in my day, I know a lot of people these days use iPads and uh, computers. But back in my day, in reception. I started with one of these. And so, have we got any teachers in church this morning? You do? Okay. You, hopefully, you can, you can help me out, right? So, when I'd open up my, my school book, the teacher would ask me, and so this is going to be the question is, what does this book and my life have in common, or your life? These, this book and our life should have something in common. Margin, right? So, that's the title of our message, Margin, right? So now, this is why I need to know about a teacher, is why would the teacher always say, now, get, open up your book and rule your margin in reception? I don't know why. Do you know why we put a margin in our book? 
Oh, maybe that's what it is. Because I remember I just every, I never, I went to school. I never knew why. I never knew why I needed a margin, but the teacher would be like, rule the margins. I'm like, just a wasting of a few seconds every lesson. And so, and then what would be worse is then when you're, so you're, you're doing your margin, then you accidentally slip the rule, then you've got this big line. But we won't, we won't continue into that. So, um, margin. And so, obviously, what Paul was telling to the church in Corinth, you've got to have some margin and some space, but we'll go into that. So, margin. Um, uh, what I do know is, though, is margin is about creating a gap and a space. The exact reason why we put the margin in the book, I don't know. But what it is doing is creating a gap and a space on the page, right? That's, that is what we do know. Other things, margin is a part of life in so many areas. I know for myself now, when I do a lot of printing, I'll try and be a bit green and save the planet by not printing as many papers. And so rather than, say, printing two pages and having one sentence on the next one, and because maybe I don't want to make the writing so small that I can't read it, I'll just change the margins so I fit more in the page when it prints. And then the printer will be like, are you sure you want to have those margins because um, you might cut something off? But you go, yep, no, printer, I want it, and it's all good. Um, other things we can have is in business. Who's heard of a profit margin? So obviously we know that in a business you have costs, and then whatever you make after the cost, that's your profit margin. And so obviously the higher the profit margin, Either the more you're ripping off people or the more you're, you're benefiting. Um, flying. When we from Port Lincoln, I often fly to Melbourne to see family and we have connecting flights and they have a margin, a buffer, so that if one's late, you're not going to miss the next one. So they have a margin of a few hours to, to allow for that. In sport, often we might ask, how much are they winning by? The correct terminology is, what is the margin? And so uh, with that, uh, the bigger or the greater the margin, the funner it is. When I'm playing footy, I love having a big margin. It's, it's the best. How much did you win by a point? Bad, not good margin. How much did you win by? 100 goals. It's like, that's, that's heaps better. Um, but the smaller the margin, the easier it is for things to go wrong. We're going to see another picture up on the screen here. So marg margin of error is this. A small amount that is allowed in case of miscalculation or change of circumstance. So get smart, or Maxwell Smart, Agent 99, who um, would often have that quote, I missed it by that much. And so, I was 89, age 89. 99 is the other one. So, what is it? 86. Oh, all those years of watching. Yeah, I missed it by that much. All those years of, um, of watching Get Smart, I didn't even know his actual agent name. But we, what I do know is the common quote was, I missed it by that much. And so he did not have enough at margin in his tricks and his secret agenting that he would always stuff up or rather than land in the window, he would go plant on the, on the brick wall or something. But so, um, and so margin obviously is the amount of something included so as to be sure of success and safety. So if you're taking notes, put the title down if you haven't, margin. And so a generous person intentionally, deliberately plans, devises to do generous things. But sadly, Many Christian people are, are like Maxwell, smart, and have the opportunity to be generous, but have no margin. They don't plan, and so when the opportunity arises, they miss the opportunity to bless and be generous because they didn't allow the margin to have that generosity. And so that's what we want to talk about today, is how can we have margin in our lives, like generosity and so many other things. We have the opportunity, but do we miss it, or have we created the space to be able to not miss it by that much? All right? And so... Um, 
Paul was telling the Corinthians, oh yeah, I said that. Um, and so, no, as Paul was telling the Corinthians, he says, you have to have a weekly financial margin if you want to give that offering. And so we, have, we can have daily margins, we can have weekly margins, we can have yearly margins. And so depending on what things are for you, it's not a one-size-fits-all, but we've got to ask God, what are you telling me? What margin do I have to do weekly? What margin do I have to do daily so that I can be effective? And so then um, in life, your coach, your boss, manager, teacher, depending on what sphere we're in, um, it's, they won't set us up to fail. So whether it's an assignment at school, they will teach you, or a, or a test, they will teach you what you need to know so you can pass a test. If it's a manager, they won't just go, all right, here you go, get that job done. No, they'll give you, they'll say, do this task, then you'll do this task, and it comes to a point, you can do the whole job by yourself. They set you up to win. And with margin in our life, it's not a thing of going, uh, like it's a margin is allows us to set us up to win. It's not to control us, it's to set us up to win. And so then with that, being as obviously the theme of the year is fruitfulness, Pentecost Sunday, Galatians 5, 20, uh, verse 5, 22 to 23 says this. And if you know it, say it with me. But the fruits of the Spirit, are the, but the fruit, no, sorry, I'm thinking of another translation. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, what does that mean? So, that, obviously, the fruits of the Spirit produces that within our lives. So, the way we look at it, so what do we produce naturally? Grumpiness, selfishness, um, laziness. They're things we don't have to be taught. We just grow up, and we're naturally like that. We're not proud of it often, but it's just the fact of life. We, I can wake up and be grumpy. I can wake up and be lazy. I can wake up and all of those things, negatively, I can just do that naturally. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, He gives us a fruit and a power that supersedes that. That's greater. And so, um, the, and so when we talk about, there's, there's going to be a slide out there with them on there. But so we've got the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit helps us love, have joy, have peace, patience. And I love it in the Amplified Translation. It says, patient is not the ability to wait, but how to act while waiting. Look at that, we've got to cut off. And so, um, yeah, the margin's not there. And so, um, but uh, yeah, amplified patience is not the ability to wait, but how to act while waiting. I love that. And so, uh, we are not just natural beings controlled by our, neg- by our negativity. We are spiritual beings. And so when the supernatural power of God touches your life, you grow almonds. Throw back to my last message. But more than that, it, he is greater than our negative nature. And so I'll, with looking at, half looking at some of them, I'm going to read some examples of things that relate. So we'll go one by one. So with love, my, God's love overwhelms my hate. When I'm hating things, God can overwhelm us with his love. That's greater than that. When you are sad, he's, God says, I can get, I'm going to give you joy. When life's a mess, doesn't make sense, I'll give you peace. When you can't wait, he will sustain us. When we're grumpy, he will make us kind. Um, when, when life's dark, he will light it up. Um, when, you won't, uh, when you want to quit, um, he will allow us to hold on. When you are rough as guts, he will help us be gentle. And when you can't control yourself, 
He will give us morals and conviction. And so those kind of things, the fruits of the Spirit go, when you have those negative attitudes, I'm going to put my power of God within you, just like he did on the day of Pentecost, so that you can be greater than that carnal nature. And so let's look at faithfulness, right? So faithfulness is the fruit of the Spirit. And we're going to look at about a situation of how margin can help us create space to be faithful, right? So picture a situation. So let's say whether you're going to school, going to church, got a job, and you've got to be there at 10 a.m., right? Everyone at school is like, man, I wish I could have to be at, church, at school at 10 a.m. But so let, and then and for the example, let's say that it takes you 10 minutes to get from your house or wherever you are to the school. So you go, all right, I have 10 minutes, so I'm going to leave 10 minutes early. So I'm going to leave at 9.50, right? And so then um, you're driving, and then you get to an intersection, and then someone's on that L's in front of you, and you've got to do a right turn, right? So you've got to wait for both sides. Now, because you, you, you're looking both ways as well, because if they go, you're about to go, and it's empty. It's like barren. It's like perfect situation. But then the person on that L's keeps stalling, and then you're like, what is going on here? Get out the way. And so then by the time they finally get on the road and start driving, you then then all of the traffic just ends up on the road. And you're like, well, this is great. Now, then, so now you're like two minutes set back because you, 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 you've been waiting so long. So then you think, all right, great. So then you finally get your turn. You start driving. Then you see your L plate. You got overtaken lane. Quickly get in front of them. Then you get trapped by a car going so slow in front of you. And you're impatient. You're going, what the heck? Like, what is going on? And so then you think, that's all right. I'll take some shortcuts and I'll still... I'll get there. They turn all the shortcuts. And so all the way, you're getting like slowed down. And then so obviously then you, you've lost your patience. You, you've, you, you're getting angry. You're no longer gentle. Top it off worse. Then the po- police see you and put you in an RBT, random breath test. And you're like, are you serious? Out of all the days, why, what's going on? So all the, from you, so you're not kind. You, you're, you're not gentle. You get, your self-control's out the window. You finally get to church, work whatever it is, and then the coach or, your, or whoever it is, that someone might go, oh, why are you, it's like, so then it's like 10 past, and you're like, why are you late? And then, then we want to go, oh, well, we'll lie. Oh, this, that, the other. And then it's like, but then obviously with lying though, that's what we want to do, but lying is not a good excuse. It says this in Ephesians 4.25, so stop telling lies. So we've got to not tell lies, but obviously with that kind of an illustration, we can put ourselves in these positions. We have no margin. And then we go, well, this person, oh, well, you should have seen it. This person on the L's was um, stalling. He couldn't drive. Then this person was going 50 kilometers under the speed limit. How am I meant to, like, get here on time and making these excuses? But then if we were to arrange that situation and go, all right, I'm going to leave 20 minutes early and give myself 10 minutes margin, you still get to work on time. And then so when you, you pull up behind the person on the L stalling, you, know, you laugh and you're full of joy going, that is a funny story. You should have seen it. The, 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 the roads were open. This person couldn't drive. And so by simply by having a bit of margin, you're allowing yourself room for the Holy Spirit to have fruit in your life, right? And so now I'm not saying having margin, having um, uh say that kind of an aspect is that we're producing the fruit because we're not producing the fruit. It's saying, you know, God, we're allowing space for you to be fruitful, but simply by not having the margin, we're then no longer faithful because like when we talk about faithfulness, what's that? Reliability, trustworthiness. I've got a few um, things about here. <laughs> uh, about it here. Uh, 
Um, trusted, integrity, consistency. Um, you can carry weight and responsibility, which is showing up to work early, being prompt with deadlines. But if you remove that margin and you don't have those things, well, then you've lost your faithfulness and then you're not even being like faithful, which is a fruit of the Spirit. So we're going to go, God, give us some margins, help us see margins that we can then be fruitful in all those areas. Because I think it's a flow and effect. You remove one and it affects the rest of them. But we go, you know what, we're going to make space for this one. And then we, we see that other ones can easily flourish in that kind of environment. And so uh, with all that being said, uh, when we, I'm not talking with that a works-based gospel. This has nothing to do with our salvation. We're saved by, by grace through faith. And so what we're talking about now has nothing to do with our salvation. But it's got to do with our fruitfulness and how we be a witness in our life. And so, uh, and so uh, often we, we can see the difference between spiritual fruit and, say, natural gifting would be, an example is that you might see a singer and they've just got an incredible voice. And you go, man, that's a gift by God that is used for glorifying Him. And so, but with that, we often hear the quote, your gift will take you further than what your character can hold you. And so we can have the most best voice, but then if we're just using that to make money and then to waste it on whoever knows what, but not using it to glorify God, well then our gift can take us somewhere where our character can't hold us. And so then sometimes then the Holy Spirit will do things within our life that are, that are grace things that you go, well, like, despite our imperfections, he'll go, you know what, oh, I'm, for example, you're like, oh, I can't preach, how, how can God use me? But God, you know what, I'll anoint you in a way that you can do that because your character's at a level where I can sustain you in that environment. And so with the, with like what the fruit that God wants to put within our lives, sometimes uh, it's up to us to go, God, we're going to allow space for you to move through us and so we can do what you need us to do. And so the Holy Spirit equips us to do ministry and he produces the fruit. And so obviously on Pentecost Sunday, we reflect that environment and go, God, we believe that you can come upon us in a way that we can be the witnesses in our world and that's the main fruit that we're after. And so margin doesn't produce the fruit. Margin leaves room for it. Pastor Rob shared a great message a while ago about um, you can't feel what is full. And so what he's saying is that if you have your life full of all these things, well, how do you expect God to fill it when you've already got stuff full? And so we've got to go, God, we're going to empty out some of these things that we don't need so we can be filled by what we want of you. And so, and as we talked about before with Maxwell, as Christians, we can't afford to live our lives with no margin. And so I want to say margin is a space that we say, Holy Spirit, we give you this time, help us then, help that. We want to give it to you to help us be fruitful. And so how's the question we've got to ask is how's life? And so we can have two we can have two testimonies. We can either say something like this, life's busy and life's full, or the other one is I have margin and I am fruitful. And so they're the questions we've got to ask ourselves is what's my testimony? Oh I'm busy. Oh my life's so full. Or no, I am I have some margin and I am fruitful. And so I want you to have the testimony in your life rather than people going, well, how's life? How's life? Oh, yeah, just busy and full. No, you know what? We have the testimony. I've created margin and I'm being fruitful. That's a testimony that you, you can have for your life and you need for your life. And so then with that, Deuteronomy 22, 8 says this, when you build a new house, you must build a railing around the edge of its flat roof that way you will be not considered guilty of murder if someone falls off from the roof. 
What a great, what great practical wisdom that is. And so, but basically, what, that's talking about a principle of compromise. And so, if you compromise the, the roof with no boundary on it, and someone falls off, well, you're going to be guilty. And I want to say to you with your life and your fruitfulness, have you been putting compromises in the way to your fruitfulness? If you don't have the margin, the boundary to protect you from, like, for someone falling off a roof, you can have the same thing in your life. You don't have any boundaries, any margin for how you live your life. You're saying, you know what? Well, I don't care if I don't have any fruit because you, you don't have the boundary. You don't have that margin. But we've got to say, God, help me see in this situation in my life, how can I be fruitful? And to do that, I'm going to have to put a protective up so that I don't just be guilty of murdering my fruit as such because that's, that's why it's in there. And so uh, then... Bible verses that back this up in 1 Corinthians 10.23, it says, You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. And so that's so true. There's so many things we can be doing in life that are busy, that are full, doesn't make it bad, but is it beneficial for your life? And that's what we've got to ask ourselves. Is this beneficial? Is this actually creating an opportunity for me to be fruitful? Or is it just clogging my life up with all this stuff. Um, and then in the Message Bible in uh, 1 Corinthians six twelve, it says this, just because something is technically legal doesn't make it spiritually appropriate. And so there's so many things as we, the last one, we can see it, it might be legal. There's nothing against it. There's nothing against um, uh, helping every person out in the church clean their house. But it might not be spiritually beneficial for your life. If you're so busy and full that then you're not, having those other fruits reflected in your life. And so we've got to go, God, all right, help me know what my priorities are because I want to, just like if we want to be generous, we've got to devise and scheme and plan ways to be generous. God, what are the things that I need to be doing and what space do I have to make so I can be fruitful and not just consumed by everything else stopping me from being fruitful? And so, um, so often we can think, oh, this is a good idea, that's a good idea. And, it's, and they're not evil things, but it's not propelling us into being fruitful. And so we want to be fruitful as the year is this year. And so uh, then continuing on, Jesus had regular alone time with God, which was his margin. And so that was like a, a consistent thing. And so in Luke 5, 16, it says this, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. And so Jesus made it a priority in his life to go, you know what, I'm going to place myself with some margin in an environment where I can be filled with God so that when I meet people, when I talk to people, like it astounds me when I read the Bible. So he'll go to the wilderness to be and have time with, G, with like God the Father and then, he, and then people will come flock and he'll be like, just have compassion on them. And I'll be like, if that was me, I'll be like, get nicked. Like I want some alone time. Like my, I don't have the most fruitfulness characters in my bedroom when I'm like, my sister will come and ask me questions. I'm like, get out of here. Like, and so I'm still growing and developing like Jesus. And so, but I find it so interesting though, though Jesus would withdraw and it would talk about regularly. So he put a place in his life and he would go, God, I need some margin so that when these people would bother Josh's carnal nature like Jesus might have had, I'm going to have an attitude where I have compassion on them and actually speak to them in a loving, kind, generous way. And so then, but with that, so we see that Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Now that is very important, especially the prayer bit, because in Mark 9, 28 to 29, a bit of background, Jesus' disciples tried to like um, cast out demons of some people and it didn't happen. These demons were like, nah, we're staying in this person. It's a good home here. And so then 
later on, they're with Jesus, and it says this. Afterward, in, afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house, his disciples asked him, why couldn't we cast out the evil spirit? Jesus replied, this kind uh, can only be cast out. Well, this kind cannot, uh, I've missed my typing here. But it says that Jesus replied that that kind can only be cast out by prayer. And so what Jesus is saying is, I've created margin in my life to pray and believe. So when the time came to be fruitful in casting out demons, he could do it. And so we see there, there's so many times in our life, if we just had a bit of margin, when this opportunity came, we'd be ready for it. And so when it comes to generosity, do you have the financial margin in your life to be generous? When it comes to casting out demons, if that opportunity ever arrives, have you put yourself in a position of prayer to go, you know what, when that prayer required exegesis comes, am I ready for it? But there's so many situations in our life, we have to have had the margin already so that we're ready for it. For As we say, on a trip somewhere, an, an example, I got challenged about this a few years ago. If I'm just allowing enough time for me to get to work on time, what if I see someone that needs my help, they've pulled over or something, their car's broken down, have I created any space to help them or do I keep driving? I think of the Good Samaritan story in the Bible and you see those Pharisees and all that walking past and going, I sometimes say, want to justify them, go, well, they might have been busy. They might have been, well, they didn't have any margin. And so then they weren't able then to help out the person in need. And so I've been challenged, go, well, Josh, maybe on your trip to work, to wherever you're going, create a bit more margin so that when the time comes to be fruitful, I can be fruitful. And so hopefully that is... um, pondering that. And so I recommend you have a daily margin of reading the Bible and prayer every day. I, I, I think that's just what we should do as a Christian. Go, you know what, God, every day I'm going to have that opportunity. I'm going to create a bit of space to read my Bible and pray so that my, my words can be gracious, my attitude can be gracious. So when the things in life come that want our carnal nature want to be grumpy and lazy, I read the Bible says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it well. Great. I just wanted to do half-hearted hanging up of the washing. But whatever my hand wants to do, do it well. I just wanted to neglect that that job in the corner at work. But no, whatever my hand wants to do, I'll do it well. So you read the Bible, you put that margin in, again, you get convicted and go, well, I'm going to be fruitful and do over and above what's required. So in closing, this is pretty random, but Psalms 37.4 says this, Take delight in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. And so all your heart's desire. And so I used to read that so incorrectly. I used to read that, take the light in the Lord, go to church, serve, read my Bible, pray, um, listen to Christian music, serve God, however it works, tell my friends about Jesus, and He'll give me what I want. So I, I can be reading my Bible. Oh, God, did you see how many hours I, 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 I prepped for youth this week? Give me that awesome house um, for free. Um, God, you... you I see how, how loving I was today and, and how much I loved you, Jesus. All right, sweet. Now you're going to give me my heart's desire. I'm going to get the brand new iPhone or I'm going to get the brand new car or we could be like, I'll get that relationship that I've always been after or whatever these things are. I'll get that brand, that free box of wafer, um, wafer sticks. We can have all these things. God, we will serve you and we'll delight in you. And then now it's my, my payback time. But that's not actually what it says. It sounds like it says that, but what it says is, you delight in God, and He will give you what to desire for. And so, um, and and so, I I believe that if we create the margin in our life to go, God, I'm going to delight in you, 
That's the margin where he goes, now, I'm going to give you the desire to be fruitful. Now, I'm going to give you the desire to do what you want to do. And so if we don't delight in God, we don't have that margin, well, we're not going to have the desires of heaven. And so we've got to go, God, we want to, we want to position ourselves to be fruitful and apply and be all that you want us to be in, in this world. We've got to have the margin, delight in God, and he will enable us to be able to uh, have those things that he wants us to have. And so hopefully this has been a challenge. And so um, what, what uh, and so that's all well and good, but if we don't have margin, it won't be, we won't see it fulfilled. And so it's all good to have the desires. It's all good to have these, these awesome aspirations. So many of us can have, oh, I aspire to be a missionary. Oh, I aspire to do this. Oh, I aspire to see that. But we've got to create the margin to go, God, we want to delight in you. Help us see what your desires are for our lives. And then with that space, we go, now let's, let's action it. Let's be fruitful. And we will be fruitful. And so um, I'm going to quickly pray and wrap this up. And we can believe God can help us apply that. God, right now, we just thank you that your word speaks to us. We thank you that, uh, that your word has principles like margin in it. And we want to don't just want to be people that hear this and go, yeah, that was great. But God, we want to truly apply it. We want to see 2018 be a year of fruitfulness. And so help us apply the margins that we need to apply so we can see the fruit flourish and grow in our lives. We don't want to uh, be caught up and busy and stressed, but we want to be in a place where we say, Jesus, help us move forward and be faithful, be generous. And so God, we just thank you that you can help us work out our weekly margins, our daily margins, our monthly margins, whatever they are, that we are ready to to step into your destiny. And God, we just thank you that as we make time to spend it with you, that you're going to give us the desires of heaven, the desires to see the kingdom of heaven unleashed on earth. And we just thank you, Holy Spirit, that just like you were poured out on the day of Pentecost, you're poured out on our lives right now, that we can be equipped to do the work of the ministry. And everyone said, Amen. And I'll hand it back to Pastor Kylie.